Chapter 94 of the Ontario Reader's Third Book from the Ontario Ministry of Education Read for LibriVox.org by David Lawrence on January 31st, 2009 in Brampton, Ontario The Story of a Stone by D.B. A great many years ago, when nearly the whole of Canada was covered with water, and the Northern Ocean, which washed the highest crests of the Alleghenies, made an island of the Laurentian Hills, and wrote its name on the pictured rocks of Lake Superior, there lived somewhere near Toronto, in the province of Ontario, a little animal called a polyp. He was a curious creature, very small, not unlike a flower in appearance, a plant animal. One day the sun shone down into the water and set this little fellow free from the egg in which he was confined. For a time he floated about near the bottom of the ocean, but at last settled down on a bit of shell and fastened himself to it. Then he made an opening in his upper side, formed for himself a mouth and stomach, thrust out a whole row of feelers, and began catching whatever morsels of food came in his way. He had a great many strange ways, but the strangest of all was his gathering little bits of limestone from the water and building them up around him, as a person does who builds a well. But this little favosite, for that was his name, became lonesome on the bottom of that old ocean. So one night, when he was fast asleep and dreaming, as only a coral animal can dream, there sprouted out of his side another little favosite, who very soon began to wall himself up as his parent had done. From these, other little favosites were formed, till at last there were so many of them, and they were so crowded together, that, to economize the limestone they built with, they had to make their cells six-sided, like those of a honeycomb. On this account, they are called favosites. The colony thrived for a long time, and accumulated quite a stock of limestone. But at last a change came. There was a great rush of muddy water from the land, and all the favosites died, leaving only a stony skeleton to prove that industrious polyps had ever existed there. This skeleton remained undisturbed for ages, until the earth began to rise inch by inch out of the water. Then our favosite's home rose above the deep, and with it came all that was left of its old acquaintances, the trilobites, who were the ancestors of our crabs and lobsters. Then the first fishes made their appearance, great fierce-looking fellows like the garpike of our lakes, but larger and armed with scales as hard as the armor of a crocodile. Next came the sharks as savage and voracious as they now are, with teeth like knives. But the time of these old fishes, and of many more animals, came and went, and still the home of the favosites lay in the ground. Then came the long, hot, damp epoch, when thick mists hung over the earth, and great ferns and rushes, as stout as an oak and as tall as a steeple, grew in Nova Scotia, in Pennsylvania, and in other parts of America where coal is now found. Huge reptiles, with enormous jaws and teeth like cross-cut saws, and smaller ones, with wings like bats, next appeared and added to the strangeness of the scene. But the reptiles died. The ferns and the rush trees fell into their native swamps, and were covered up and packed away under great layers of clay and sand, brought down by the rivers, till at last they were turned into coal, forming for us what someone has called beds of petrified sunshine. 
but all this while the skeleton of the favosites lay undisturbed. Then the mists cleared away as gradually as they had come. The sun shone out, the grass grew, and strange four-footed animals came and fed upon it. Among these were odd-looking little horses, no bigger than foxes, great hairy monsters larger than elephants, with tremendous tusks, hogs with snouts nearly as long as their bodies, and other strange creatures that no man has ever seen alive. But still the house of the Favosites remained where it was. Next came the great winter, and it continued to snow until the mountains were hidden. Then the snow was packed into ice, and Canada became one solid glacier. This ice age continued for many thousands of years. At last the ice began to melt, and the glacier came slowly down the slopes, tearing up rocks, little and big, and crushing and grinding, and carrying away everything in its course. It plowed its way across Ontario, and the skeleton of our favosites was rooted out from the quiet place where it had lain so long and was caught up in a crevice of the ice. The glacier slid along, melting all the while, and covering the land with clay, pebbles, and boulders. At last it stopped, and as it gradually melted away, all the rocks and stones and dirt it had carried with it thus far were deposited into one great heap and the home of the Favosites along with them. Ages afterwards a farmer near Toronto, when ploughing a field, picked up a curious bit of petrified honeycomb, and gave it to a geologist to hear what he would say about it. And now you have read what he said. End of section 94. This recording is in the public domain.